episode 15 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on December 5th, 2016. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, after much hype and anticipation, Knights of the Eternal Throne finally arrives. I'll give you my spoiler-free thoughts on the story and its chapters. Also this week, I'll talk about Eternal Throne's second act, namely Galactic Command. Finally this week, I'll look at crew skills and tell you why you should give them some love right now. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 15 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, another great show lined up for you today. So first up, let's review some of the announcements for the Old Republic. Now, I'm recording this on December 5th. It's Monday, and of course, Tuesday is is reset day. So depending on when you're listening to this, this event may or may not still be going on. But I'm talking about the cartel market, 50% off collection unlocks sale. So as of Monday the 5th, it's still going on. You can still take advantage of it. Uh, I don't know when it's supposed to end, but this is actually one of my favorite things. And it's the one time I'll seriously consider buying coins because I like having armor and mounts available to all of my characters. And this is a great way to do that because you can, you know, basically unlock twice the amount of stuff that you could normally. So these 50% off sales are pretty good. I like those. Um, so it's, it's going on. It may, hopefully it's not over, but it will have to end sometime. Also, there is a character transfer sale happening. Transfers are 90 cartel coins down from a thousand. And I believe this is going to end sometime in January. I want to say the 18th. Uh, I haven't really checked the date for sure, but I'm pretty sure I heard them mention that this would be going on until sometime in January. So if you've been waiting to shuffle, uh, some of your characters around now, is the time. And then finally for the announcements, uh, we have the SWOTOR five-year anniversary and Life Day events coming. Now, I haven't seen the exact date for Life Day. I'm going to guess it will coincide with the fifth anniversary event, which is going to start on December 13th. Um, if not, then maybe a Life Day would start earlier. They certainly wouldn't want to start it after that. So I'm going to guess Life Day is going to start on the 13th, but who knows, By maybe it'll be you know on December 6th uh, as well, which would be nice. But as far as the 5th anniversary event is concerned, there's going to be a vendor on the fleet, and it's going to sell you some stuff that will cost you about one credit. There's going to be a Senya Hollow Trainer. So those of you who didn't happen to play McKeb and get the, the Dr. Ogrub uh, skill trainer, they are now offering you a portable... Hollow trainer, so if you're leveling up your characters, you can uh, easily train up and get skills out in the field. So it's pretty handy. I, I always carry mine when, when I'm up and around leveling. So so this one will be of Senya. There's going to be a new celebration Jawa. And they said that this Jawa counts for the that's just wrong achievement where you need to kill players with the party Jawa out. Although I don't see what's wrong with that. 
personally. And then finally, they're going to have a stronghold decoration featuring the loading screens from each of the expansions in the original game. Oh, and one other thing, the Dromen Koss and Coruscant strongholds will cost five credits each if you haven't already unlocked those. This is a very cheap way to do it, or it should be noted, I believe, last year for the fourth anniversary, they were four credits each. So if you didn't do it last year, it's going to cost you just a little bit more this time around. Well, that's all the announcements for this week. Let's slice the holonet and talk about the news this week. And of course, the big news is Knights of the Eternal Throne finally launched. November 29th was the early access. December 2nd, it was available to everyone who was was just subscribed to the game. So I was away on vacation. I did not get to play the game until Saturday, December the 3rd. As I said, today I'm recording this on December the 5th. So I haven't had that much time uh, to do a whole lot. I mean, it took the better part of the day for me to get through the story on my main tune, which is a mercenary. And overall, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I thought mechanically, uh, from a gameplay standpoint, the chapters were very good. That all nine chapters were like 100% better than what they did for Knights of the Fallen Empire. And they certainly look like they listened to people's complaints about, oh, just endless waves of sky troopers. And they gave us much more interesting things to do as we were making our way in between cinematics, so to speak. So I was very happy with that and very pleased with that. And it's just little things here. And again, minor spoilers here. But you get to do things like hop inside a walker and blow stuff up. You, you got to do, there was one where you get to play as a little mouse droid and do some stuff, dress up as, as a cool knight, which was a very cool chapter. I enjoyed that chapter a lot. Not a lot of combat. I think little or no combat in that. Really, really enjoyed that, that chap, particular chapter. And then you got to do other things, including, uh, getting inside a ginormous robot, which was, which was awesome. So I'm really glad that they're, finally able to come up with more creative things to do, not just in the stories, but um, in terms of quests, if you will. And maybe this will be a stepping stone if they ever decide to create a new daily zone instead of just, you know, click on this, blow this up, kill 10 of these, collect 20 of those, that maybe they can now start to give us some more interesting things to do um, and in the form of, say, a series of daily quests or planetary quests or something like that. So, so it's nice that they were seeing these capabilities enter into the game. And not only just questing, but maybe, and I sort of talked about this before with the uprisings, which I'll get into in just a little bit, that maybe with that type of environment, they could give us these things to do. We already know with the uprisings, there are some very cool power-ups that you can get. So why not give us a walker or a vehicle or turret or, or something like that? to to play around in and I think uh this is hopefully this type of thing is just the beginning and we'll start to see uh new content that incorporates these types of features and that they just sort of build on this as they move forward. So back to the story I said I, like I said I like the gameplay aspects to the story and of course all of these chapters are replayable through the galactic command interface which is good because it makes it be a little bit more interesting have more interesting things to do i look much more forward to playing the knights of the eternal throne chapters than i do going back and revisiting the knights of the fallen empire chapters that said 
Uh, I did go back and had a chance to to play one of the Knights of the Fallen Empire chapters in veteran mode. I went back into chapter one, The Hunt, and veteran mode is no joke. I mean, it is it is it is significantly harder, and you do have to pay attention to your abilities and what you're doing. Although, speaking of your abilities, if you go back and replay chapter one of either of these stories, you will get prompted with the uh, new player tutorial, which basically robs you of all your abilities so you can slowly ease into to playing a character. Now, it used to be that when you saw the tut- tutorial alert pop up, you could click the green checkbox to accept it, or you could just click the X and it would disable the tutorial. That doesn't seem to be working for me, so I had to actually look around and and, 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 and do some internet research to actually figure out how to disable the tutorial because it wasn't at all obvious to, to me. But here's how you do it. If you're in-game and you've got that tutorial and you want to disable it, just hit your escape key and the preferences menu will pop up and the very top button will say disable tutorial. Click on that. And boom, you'll have all of your nice abilities back. And believe me, in veteran mode, you are going to want to have all of these abilities. I went and tried it uh, in the tutorial mode and did not last very long against some of those elite mobs. Uh, I think a couple episodes back, I was talking about you know which chapters I thought would be fun to go back and replay. And I did mention chapter one, The Hunt, because you get to fight with Darth Maul again. And I kind of half joked about walking in there with a pile of gifts to kind of level them up. I, 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 I'm I seriously going to do that now, and I recommend that you do that too, because it's not you can't do it when he's at influence rank 1 or 2. You can. I did. I just ended up putting him in tank mode, and I'm talking about this final uh, gold elite boss at the very end of the chapter. But I went and put him in tank mode and basically let him uh, absorb as much of the damage and just DPSed my butt off. And then by the time he died, and he did die, uh, the, the boss was low enough that I could just close him out without fear of death, although I did have to use a few cooldowns to, to keep me alive. And again, I was playing, playing a mercenary, and this was in 220 gear. So I think it's designed around having a little bit better gear than that. But that, but I like the idea of the veteran modes. I'll probably go through and play some of these in veteran mode at least one time. And then I'll probably do that uh, more regularly, regularly, uh, once I get more gear, just because I get more galactic command out of it than I would playing in, in story mode. Now, as for the story itself, I liked it. I liked Knights of the Fallen Empire, and to that end, I liked the conclusion of this in Knights of the Eternal Throne. Uh, just looking back, and I, I've only played through it one time. But chapter two, oh my god, I loved that chapter. Absolutely loved that chapter. Like I said, I'll start getting into the details and the spoilers next week. I figure it's just still a little bit too new that I'm not really comfortable going through in all detail. I want to give more people a chance to actually experience the story, maybe choose different options. And I want to do this too. I actually want to bring another character through there, make some different choices, see what some of the options are before I get into to discussing it in detail. But I'll probably start to do that next week. In fact, what I'm thinking about doing is maybe just sort of giving an, an overall impression, uh, you know, with spoilers, et cetera, next week. And then maybe after that, doing chapter, chapter by chapter, kind of a chapter by chapter review. So that's something I'm looking to do there. But like I said, chapter two was fun. Uh, the new planets of Iocath and Nathema, I thought were really good. I really enjoyed Nathema 
and the lore and the story bits that were happening there I thought were really, really good. Iocath was a cool place, kind of a fun place to do, fun place to be. Um, really enjoyed that as well. So overall, like I said, I just enjoyed the story. Uh, you know, if I had one negative to it, the only thing I didn't like all that much was the resolution of sort of Valkorian's storyline. And I thought they did a good job of ex- trying to explain everything and they did clever ways to kind of get that little bit of exposition and just explain kind of what his plans were. And I, uh, but to that end, I don't know if I was real satisfied with what he was trying to do or that I fully understand everything that he was trying to do. And I don't know that all of the questions were truly answered of the why, the why. There, I think there was a little bit too much of the, the why questions that were left unanswered in my mind. Again, maybe another playthrough. I'll pick up on some things that I missed. But that was if I had to complain about everything. And that's not a major, major complaint. I don't want to sit there and say they didn't, it didn't ruin the story or anything. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, the one thing I did want to say is I think during the live streams, they talked about how this could have been the, or was or is one of the deadliest expansions and stories they've written to date. I don't know if it's because I'm just a really nice guy and tend to do some of the light side choices here, but I did not experience that at all. And I, I, I suppose looking back, I, I think there are probably instances where I, I could see several, several characters, you know, just not making it all the way through the end. Uh, that was not my experience, which just wasn't to say it wasn't completely, you know, everyone got through unscathed. That, that, that was not the case. But this was the body bags, as far as story characters go, were not piling up at all on my watch, at least on this playthrough. Now I've got some more dark side characters where I've made more, more of the evil choices, uh, that I'm going to run through here. So I will get to see all of those options. But, but that was just, uh, from one playthrough was not all that deadly as far as my alliance was, was concerned here. So if you're worried about losing some of your main characters, there are choices in there that you can do where, you know, you'll come out all right. It'll be okay. So. Overall, I guess that's as far as I want to go with with the story today. Next week, I'll really dive into some of the details, some of the lore, some of the things that were going on. But overall, very, very much enjoyed it. Um, and I thought the pacing and the length was actually pretty good. I, I don't know how it compared to my first playthrough of Knights of the Fallen Empire, which also had nine chapters at release. It was probably probably around the same length of time, but it was good. It took me the better part of the day on Saturday to actually get through everything. But then that was it, right? I got to the end and saw the story, had most of my questions answered, and that was it. It was over. It was done. There was nothing left to do except move on to what I refer to as Knights of the Eternal Thrones second act. And of course, that's, for lack of a better term, the end game, which is Galactic Command, it's uprisings, uh, and then it's all the stuff that we're, we're used to doing too, right? Such as operations and war zones, galactic starfighter flashpoints. You, you know, all, all the deal, but, and of course the dark versus light, which I haven't really had much of a chance to experience, which is to say, I'm making dark side options. I'm fighting for one side or the other. And I see the uh, planetary alerts going up. And, and by the way, I play on Shadowlands and I, as far as I can tell, it seems 
fairly balanced right now where I see, you know, the light and the dark kind of doing the seesawing a little bit. Although I have heard reports from people on other servers who are just saying, hey, uh, that the one side just seems to dominate over and over and over again. So I don't know if some tweaks are incoming to try and balance things out. But at least on my Shadowlands server, it seems seems fairly, fairly balanced as far as I can tell. But that said, I haven't gone out and tried to find a group or kill any of the bosses. So I've just been watching that bar and one side win and the other side win. And that's all, that's all I've had time to do right now. So I haven't really dove into the, delved into the dark versus light yet. As far as uprisings go, I have done quite a few of the uprisings. I like those. Those are great. I mean, I think that's a really nice addition to the game. They're really flashpoint light, if you will. Um, and they're fun. They're fast paced and they're short. They've been a little, a couple of them been a little glitchy, but the, but the boss fights aren't all that complicated. The trash is just one big AOE fest and everyone's kind of competing to see who can kill the most stuff. It seems like, and then you've got those power ups that you can do, which are, are a lot of fun. So I'm enjoying the uprisings. I think they're a wonderful addition to the game and a heck of a lot of fun. And that's probably where, like I said, I'm going to spend quite a bit of time. Uh, jumping in in those like um and i haven't done them all yet I, like i said i'll probably do some more as soon as i'm done here today and knock a few more of those out but i think the uprisings have been pretty good and i've only done them in story mode once i get a little bit more gear get a little bit more familiar with the fights then i'll start jumping into to veteran mode for that but for the most part the groups i've been in have been pretty good i've just been doing random groups not going in with pre-mades or anything like that and everyone's been pretty good. People seem relatively understanding that, hey, this is like everybody's first time in here. In fact, the only thing I find annoying is that, you know, you log in there with a random group and everyone just stands there for like two minutes and nobody wants to move. No one wants to be the one to take the lead and take the point. And that, that will certainly change. But it's, it's sort of funny. I noticed that. And I'm, and I'm usually the one just, you know, I log in and once I see everyone's there, I just start running and then I laugh as everyone, you know, starts falling in behind and then then it settles in and we just go and kill stuff and blow stuff up so so these are pretty good uh, i think uprisings are good i'd like to see more of these and i think they will add more of these and maybe they can expand this too and i've talked about this before where they could create something similar to an uprising but maybe scaled for a much larger group for a group of eight you know it doesn't all have to be operations per se so i'm very very pleased with the uprisings as far as the rest of Galactic Command goes, it's okay. I, I think we're going to see some changes to this, either at the rate that you'll earn Galactic, uh, the GXP, the GCXP, whatever you want to call it. It feels slow. And I mean, I've done some uprisings. I replayed a chapter. I've done some of the planetary quests, which, by the way, very, very lucky. This, this is something that happened to me on Sunday morning. Now, it wasn't the bonus event, but I thought I would give it a try, and I clicked on one of the planetary uh, quest things inside the, the Galactic Command UI, and CZ98 popped up. So I went there, and then I log- arrived at the planet, <clears throat> picked up a bunch of quests, and the population was really small. I think there was like maybe myself and one other person from my faction there. So I basically had the run of the place, which made completing the quest very easy, but I don't know if you remember, there is a, a mount, a Dessler, that you can get from an NPC. And it's a rare spawn, and it's up on one of the areas, one of the, one of the little bridges there. 
And the way it works is there's usually a uh, NPC there, Gold Elite. I think it's called the Dessler Assistant. And this is a placeholder. And what you do is if you see it, you kill it. And then I think the spawn time is anywhere between four and a half, maybe about five minutes. And then there's a chance, a small chance, that instead of the Dessler Assistant spawning, this named NPC champion level, I, who I believe is Martinique Dessler, will spawn in its place. And then if you kill the named NPC, it has a 100% chance to drop them out. And, of course, if you research this, you'll hear all these horror stories about people, you know, just uh, selling their souls to sit there and farm days on end trying to get this NPC to spawn, etc. You know, they miss their, their kids' birthdays. They skip work, whatever, whatever the case may be. So I thought I'd go up there and look, and I get there, and there sitting there is, no, not that the named NPC, of course. That would be too much to ask for. But there was the Dessler assistant. So I, I cleared out the area, and I said, well, I'm not going to sit here all day, but maybe I will just give one or two goes. You know, I wanted to be careful, because once you start down that path, it's sometimes hard, at least for me, to pull myself away. And before you know it, I will be there all day, and that's all I'll be doing. But... So I killed it, and lo and behold, five minutes later, who should pop up but the but the Martinique Dessler, the, the the mob? I could not believe my luck, so I, I killed it right away. It's a very easy kill, and I got this giant green Dessler mount, which I actually don't really like, but it's just kind of cool to have. So I'll drive that around occasionally. I actually haven't used it yet because I don't know which character I want to give it to, but uh, I'll give it to, give it to one of them. So that was my little good fortune story of the day. So that's probably the one good thing that's come out of Galactic Command so far is it forced me to go back down to CZ-98 and I walked away with this cool, rare little mount. But other than that, Galactic Command's a grind. It is it is undoubtedly a grind. You have to, and, and just to get to rank 300, I don't know how long it's going to take me. I don't really have a good assessment yet because I haven't really had a good full day of sort of being level 70 and being at the end game stage to really flesh out how long this is going to take. But I feel like this is going to take a while. I think my Galactic Command rank is 9 or 10. So I'm still in the early stages. I'm still at that first tier of gear, um, which means I've gotten about 10 crates. And so far, I've gotten one piece of Set gear, uh, I think a helmet with the, with a set bonus on it. And I think I've got a pair of bracers that were also like two item rating 230. But everything else has been more or less junk. And I haven't disintegrated a lot, but mostly cosmetic pieces, which are sitting in my stash and, and things of that nature. Not a lot of companion gifts and, and other things, but so it's slow going. So I guess in the, in the sense of, you know, 10 command levels, two upgrades. So far, which I haven't even bothered to equip, haven't needed to equip them yet. I'm still just dinging, uh, running around in my 220 gear at the moment. So, uh, wait and see and see how this goes, but I would not be surprised to see some changes come to the Galactic Command either increase the rate of XP, although there is a boost coming to the cartel market or other ways to obtain gear, but, but stay tuned. But it is, I mean, it's grindy. But on the other hand, it's also the activities that are there to support it are things that you would probably be going and doing anyhow, but maybe not in the exact 
same way. Like, for example, I might do a flashpoint because I feel like doing a flashpoint, but now because it's got a little bonus symbol up there, I'm probably going to be running flashpoints all day to support the Galactic Command rather than, hey, I feel like doing a flashpoint. Uh, same with uprisings and things, but, you know, I mean, for me, uprisings and replaying the new story chapters are probably the most things that I'd be inclined to do just because I feel like doing it, not because of Galactic Command, where all the other activity are more like I'm probably going to focus on them because of Galactic Command, but it's, it's, it's still only a couple of days into this, so I'm not ready to pass, pass judgment on it yet. I'm, I'm waiting and seeing, but it does, does feel awfully, awfully grindy. So that's my thoughts on that so far. The final thing I wanted to talk about today were crew skills. Now, if you haven't devoted any time to your crew skills, I, you, and you like credits and you like selling stuff, you might want to stop right now what you're doing and devote some time and level up your crew skills because, and this is the case always with the beginning of these expansions, the prices for things are insane. The demand is high, it's skyrocketing, and the supply is low. I have been making augment kits, uh, not tons of them, but when I can, and they are selling anywhere from about 250000 to 350000 and higher, and people are buying them. I've sold about half a dozen kits over the weekend, um, you know, because that was one of the things I stopped to do before just grinding away on Galactic Command. I did level up my synth weaving on a character, got some of my gathering uh, crew skills up to speed, and so I could jump in and start making augment kits, and, and it is paying off initially so far. Now, the good news with crew skills this time around is they really haven't changed at all since Knights of the Fallen Empire, at least as far as the consumables go. And those are the things like your stims, your adrenals, your augments, and your augment kits. And like I said, those are the consumable items that people just have a constant need for and I, I think sell very, very well. And it's basically exactly the same as it was in Knights of the Fallen Empire, only now you have to do it with these new grade 10 mats. But here's the thing with the grade 10 mats. If you've read the patch notes, then you know that the farming nodes for these are in the exact same place as the grade 9. Yes, so if you need grade 10 materials, you're going to go get them the exact same way, the exact same place that you got your grade 9 materials. So if you need crystals and just want to go out and farm them yourselves, crystals and biomats, you're still going to want to go to the Endless Swamp, and that's where you're going to find your Grade 10 mats. Now, of course, since it's the beginning of the expansion, everybody is out there doing it. So you might go to the Swamp, and it may not feel that crowded. I've done this a couple of times, but you're going to be like, you can't find any nodes, right? And you think, oh, maybe it's bugged or something. No, there's just lots of people out there trying to farm these mats and not necessarily do it through the uh, crew skill missions, per se. So the way I make my augment kits is I do it a combination. Use multiple tunes for this, but I use Synthwe a Synthweaver to craft the kits. I use Biochem to get the augment components. Of course, you're going to need slicing on a tune to get that slicing component. I think it's like a, called a discombobulator or something like that. And then you're going to need uh, another prototype quality. And in the case of Synthweaving, uh, it's underworld cloth so it comes from underworld trading so you're going to need underworld trading and this is exactly the way it was in Knights of the Fallen Empire with the grade 9 stuff and the, and the Mark 10 or Mark 9 I should say augment kits and it's the same thing this time around so if you want to go out and physically gather materials endless swamp for crystals and biomats of course Darvanus has grade 10 materials as well 
and break town for your metals and your um slicing the the the, the slicing uh crates are are in breakdown so it's exactly the same as it was in in the last expansion and of course you're going to be able to get some of these things out of the flashpoints and even some of the npcs in uprisings are are skinnable and so forth so you can get some materials from there as well but it's it's exactly the same same number of materials needed to craft uh the augment kits and the augments as well so it's so it's really just new materials uh, and it's not that hard to get up and running. It may take you a little bit of, a little bit of time to, to gather all of the materials. But like I said, right now, those augment kits, uh, you're, they're going for around 300,000, 250 to 300,000 on the low end. And of course, people are, are, are pricing them anywhere between, you know, four or five, I think six and 700,000. I don't know how high a price people or players are willing to pay. To actually buy a kit, but I know they're willing to pay to like 250 for one. It's crazy. So, um, you know, by the end of Knights of the Fallen Empire, I mean, the prices for these things were pretty low. I mean, we we're talking, you know, 55, anywhere between 55 and 70,000 on, on Shadowlands. So, I mean, this is a pretty big markup. I don't expect these prices to last at all. I would, I would full, I would anticipate that they would end up falling to roughly around the same price point as we saw with the Mark IX in Knights of the Fallen Empire. Maybe a little bit more because the, the crew skill missions cost a little more. Some of the, the parts that you have to buy, uh, the crew skill mats, uh, that you have to, that you have to purchase, or you can get them with missions, but, uh, are a little bit more expensive than, than their grade nine counterparts. So you might see a slight bump in price, but right now, you know, first week out of the gate, Everything is very expensive, so it'd be well worth it for you to stop what you're doing and put a little bit of time in leveling up your crew skills and 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 in creating things to sell. That's what I'm doing, and it's paying off so far. So I think that's going to be it for this week. Like I said, just talking about Knights of the Eternal Throne at a very high level. Uh, this time around, next week, I'll start getting into a lot more details once I get a lot more playtime in there, have some, maybe some more thoughts on uprisings, and then start getting into some of the story details for the chapter in the story and give you my thoughts on, on what I thought about the, the story overall, plot points I like, plot points I didn't like, and like I said, i very pleased with it overall, but didn't like everything, you know, 100%. There were some things I didn't, I didn't like about it. And, I, and I'm happy to share that with you. But other than that, uh, that's it. So let's let's cue up the music and just say congratulations that you have managed to survive another half hour listening to episode 15 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is currently SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast and be sure to follow us on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. Tune in next week for episode 16 and remember the Sith Code, cake is alive.